Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are taking a look at James Gunn's reboot sequel hybrid mashup of The Suicide Squad. You've probably heard me say before that the first Suicide Squad is one of the worst movies I've seen in the past decade. Honestly, it's it's really, really bad, but... I had a lot of fun with this new one. So joining me to talk about it is DC lover, Suicide Squad liker, James Gunn disliker, Chad Clinton Freeman. Back to the show with us. He always covers our DC movies with us. And uh, I always have fun talking to Chad whenever he's on the podcast. And we got into a lot of different stuff than we have gotten into on previous DC movies. So I think... For those of you that maybe are thinking to yourself, why does Chad get to cover DC movies every time? Why isn't it someone else? Well, I think we get into some really interesting stuff on this one. So that is coming up here in a second. But before we do get to our conversation about the Suicide Squad, I want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts, like I always do. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Pocket Casts, Spotify, Podchaser, Good Pods, all of the places you can check out podcasts, you can find us. And you could also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or Good Pods. You can also follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where Chad drives everyone crazy. And you can also check out our Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where maybe you're even listening to this right now before it hits the main feed. I post advanced episodes of Piecing It Together, also bonus content, uh, exclusive bonus content from Awesome Movie Year, another great movie podcast that I produce and stuff from my music career. There's actually some stuff that's going to be going up very, very soon at the time of this recording. Um, sometime in August, I think, but really soon. Uh, check it out. It's produced by David Rosen. It is patreon.com slash by David Rosen. So that does it. Let's get into the conversation about the Suicide Squad. <laughs> All right, it's time for another DC movie. So, of course, we had to have him back. Chad Clinton Freeman is here. How's it going, Chad? Oh, it's going pretty good. Um, I am uh, excited to go over this uh, episode with this this exciting film. Uh, 
<laughs> despite what some people might think. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we we'll go ahead and get it out of the way. Um, uh, you know, yeah, DC. Uh, I I am a a big uh, DC fan, mostly due to Zack Snyder, who was spearheading, you know. Uh, the DC movies at one time. Mm. This one uh, is, of course, uh, James Gunn. I'm not the biggest fan of James Gunn. I will yes. admit, I just, uh, you know, there are certain directors that certain people, they align with their likes and dislikes, and he's one of those that he rubs me the wrong way. I think uh, I, I think he does to me what Zack Snyder does to a lot of other people. Right. He he loves to go with silly and he loves to go with mean and dirty and um, at the end of the day just don't end up 100% enjoying his films. I will say that this of his movies is probably my favorite movie though. That's that's a good thing. That is really a good place to to kick this thing off that you like this more than other James Gunn movies uh, going into this, and and that's uh, you know that that's exciting that that yeah. you did no, connect with it for a change. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I, I think the other thing we should talk about just briefly before we start getting into puzzle pieces, the first Suicide Squad, um, twenty sixteen, the Oscar-winning film. Yes, absolutely, the <laughs> Oscar-winning Suicide Squad. I, like many other people, think is just one of the worst modern superhero movies that have been made, just absolutely terrible. You like it, but don't love it. Am I right in saying right. that? Right, yeah. No, I mean, I I, I enjoy it. I, I It's rewatchable. I, I mean, I've actually rewatched it twice this year already because I rewatched it before uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, and I rewatched it before just before this. Mm. I, I really love the first... 30, 40 minutes of it, and then it it, it falls apart story-wise. Uh, mm. It gets really, really, really messy. But it's still an enjoyable movie. Yeah. And and I definitely would like to see the, the David Ayer cut of that mm. film, uh, which who knows if we'll get. We, we may very well, but there's no telling. The world needs more content, Chad, so I'm sure it'll <laughs> happen eventually. Let's start getting into puzzle pieces. We'll talk about all the things we liked and didn't like along the way, but what do you got for your first puzzle piece for the Suicide Squad? The first puzzle piece I'm bringing is actually a 1988 movie. It's a trauma movie, which James Gunn came from uh, trauma originally, uh, his first uh, film that he wrote was a, a trauma film. This mm-hmm. one predates that though. Uh, Trauma's War, which was uh, Michael Hertz and Lloyd Kaufman film. Um, it was uh, essentially about a, a plane crash on an island, and this group of people they end up uh, fighting against basically these armies of. Uh, uh, corrupt terrorists and 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 it's basically just a an island that was uh, kind of breeding uh terrorism and mm. it, it is very much kind of like a spoof of war movies right. uh because you have uh these people that that are not at all uh trained uh in combat and they end up going up against like these uh this village 
of people that have been trained to do this. Uh, but a lot of them have been trained to do it against their own will. They've been like mm. kind of kidnapped into it. So this island, they, it, they've got several weird things going on. It's almost like uh, Charles Manson runs it because you've got one guy who infects people with AIDS and then they return those to America. I, there's just like a lot of really weird, like, what wait what exactly is going on here uh it's a tra- it's a trauma movie <laughs> exactly yeah. so you've got the gore though uh, the, the 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 silliness and also just the fact that you've got you know the people landing on a beach and then mm-hmm. uh having to fight uh against these corrupt villains and these armies uh, so, I mean, there's, there's just a lot of uh, parallels at play. And also, I mean, the thing is, is that that movie was made in, in 88. So there's kind of something new and fresh about it. And it still stands today as far as like governments being involved with corruption and then it kind of being this, uh, you know, secret that nobody knows about and then mm. these people kind of stumbling upon it uh and 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 them saving the day which is why this one to me kind of feels dated because <laughs> it almost really kind of seems like it's a kind of a, a remake of this film it's like a big budget remake of this film in a lot of ways i could see that and i i think it really comes down to uh james gunn isn't really the filmmaker to be trying to tell something a story that's so like deep and getting into that kind of government corruption and things like that he really is just interested in like you like to say you know dick and fart jokes and and you know silliness and gore and that that's really what's on his mind any of that other stuff is kind of just surface level and just thrown in there maybe because of the moment right now you know things that are political are kind of very popular but uh i don't think his i don't think he's really looking to get too deep into it which is funny though because that's what some of the some of the people that love this movie they're picking up on and saying oh it's so deep and I'm just like <laughs> yeah I, I, okay, I, I don't know about that you're you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna badmouth other uh, you know comic book movies about how they're just about nothing and say that this one's deep okay <laughs> yeah I I don't know about that <laughs> uh, but but I do think uh, the the one thing that is handled pretty well it, at least uh, is explored in a fun way let's just say leading into my first puzzle piece would be just how uh, America you know acts like they're trying to fix the world basically at any cost which is of course a big part of peacemakers story uh, and Brought to mind for me, 2004's Team America World Police from Trey Parker and Matt Stone, as uh, this this mission is uh, going going to Europe to to save the world, basically. But in the process, the amount of collateral damage just absolutely ridiculous, and any and everything that gets destroyed, and anyone who gets killed along the way, it's just part of bringing freedom to the world. And was really, really well done in that movie. Here, maybe not quite as well, but it was still very funny. And again, you know, in this particular moment right now, I can see why he would uh, try to try to inject some of that into this version of the Suicide Squad. Because, you know, really for any of these superhero movies, you know, we've joked about it before with, with just the massive amounts of damage and destruction that 
these these missions always seem to incur and it's you know especially when america is behind uh sending these teams out there to do these missions you know they they just don't seem to care it's just like whatever whatever happens happens as long as the the mission is achieved no yeah and that 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 is a, a great piece in fact that was one that i wasn't even thinking of at all south park kept coming to mind just overall but i mm -hmm. I, I couldn't i couldn't put anything on of course that's not south park but you know the creators um yeah it, 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 that that's another element to me i i've said the word spoof and you keep telling me no that's the wrong word but um <laughs> that that's very much that character is is almost like a spoof though of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies and Bruce Willis movies of the of the 90s, you know, the stuff that we all grew up watching, the big blockbuster movies where, you know, in those movies, uh, there was uh, there was violence, but it wasn't really like bloody. And also, yeah, people died. And it was just kind of like that didn't matter as long as you weren't like the star of the movie. Right. I mean, that, sure. that, that was the that was the main thing is that who you know what's happening with them um yeah. or or even like movies with the uh, tom cruise or or, or mark Wahlberg. i felt like that that peacemaker is kind of like uh making fun of all of those kind of movies that uh all of those 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 big time actors like that yeah uh, and 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 team america pretty much kind of sums that up so, absolutely uh, and, and and i think i don't think you're wrong in saying that it's like a spoof i just think that uh the way you're saying that it's like a spoof as if that is inherently a bad thing is, is <laughs> where i i disagree with your criticism of the movie i i don't think and yes the last 20 years of spoofs are almost completely all bad but the genre itself has made some of the best <laughs> movies of all time. I mean, Airplane is a spoof. You know, The Naked Gun is a spoof. And these are some of the best comedies ever. So, and, and I, I, okay. I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing, but I'm just saying that it's, this is, this is a different movie than the last Suicide Squad movie. It's a different movie than any of the other DC movies. Mm -hmm. I, I really think it's its own thing. And and to me, it, it, it very much does play like a spoof. Uh, you know, Trauma's War was very much a spoof of those war movies of the time with, you know, Chuck Norris, uh, you know, going back to Vietnam or whatever. And... Uh, Delta Force and all of those kind of right. films of that time. And this one plays with that. And then at the same time, like we're saying, it's kind of like uh, spoofing the, the, the all-American hero, the, yes. the, the guys that were the, you know, uh, the big stars, like I was saying, all of these other big blockbuster movies, um, yeah. which is what I'll go ahead and bring the, the, the piece I was thinking of. Uh, the boys the 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 amazon uh, show the boys which uh, peacemaker's a lot like homelander in that regard of he wants to get things done and it doesn't really matter how that is done as long as he looks good as long as other people look good now peacemaker mm. 
we don't get a lot about his background. So I was a little confused if, if he's considered by the government a bad guy or a good guy. And I, I definitely want to know more about his, his character, which we will get with uh, his TV show. With HBO Max's new content coming w- soon. Which, which, which <laughs> may be just so really ridiculous. But... Uh, but um, I I think yeah like uh, the the boys is a is a good one because it explored a lot more in that so uh, you know superheroes being uh, you know it, it it very much subverts all of the superheroes I mean uh, right. Homelander is essentially Superman turned into this like totally perverted version of what Superman is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the other thing, though, besides Peacemaker that compares to the boys is uh, the way how uh, Polka Dot Man was created, you know, by his mother at Star Labs. Um, mm-hmm. And that's one of the other things that goes through the boys is that a lot of these uh, superheroes in it were uh, kind of... They have, like, dark, sad origin stories, kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's almost, though, like, kind of like the... the uh, playing on um you know proteges of of sports and 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 various different things like that the way the parents yeah. really are like from the get-go before they're even born know oh this is going to be a gymnast this is going to be a tennis player and that sort of thing and they yeah. program them kind of it, it, it plays on that but yeah, yeah. yeah so it, it it's done in a more dark and i mean it's a it's it's more dark comedy which dark yeah, comedy yeah. is more my thing than than the jokey joke of Oh, hey, <laughs> uh, yeah. goofiness that this one plays with. I gotcha. And yeah, I haven't seen The Boys, but I, I have seen a lot of comparisons to it, so that definitely makes sense. The other superhero thing that I was thinking of, to bring it to my next puzzle piece, would be Deadpool 2 specifically, because of the whole gag here of introducing what you think is going to be the whole new Suicide Squad team, and then for them to die almost immediately. Uh, very much like Deadpool's team up in Deadpool 2. Uh, but they kind of told us this was going to happen, even though it, I think it kind of took some of us by surprise. I certainly wasn't expecting it, but it was right there on the poster. Don't get too attached. Uh, so I, I think that that was something that was kind of telegraphed, even though we didn't expect it. And really, I mean, how could they have possibly focused on that many characters if they hadn't done that? So it kind of makes sense that that's the direction that he took. And plus, it is funny. Funny. I, that's, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say this. I, I didn't like that misdirection. Um, uh-huh. one, I, I kind of like Captain Boomerang. Um, he's a, mm-hmm. he's a fun character. I was sad to see him go that early. I mean, he was hardly in it at all. I mean, <laughs> Yeah. That was a disappointment to me. Well, the the exciting thing, though, Chad, is that um, because this movie didn't do so well for no reason revolving around uh, a, a virus that's spreading right now, <laughs> and certainly not because of day and date for free, watch it at home, um, they'll probably reboot some of these characters soon, and you'll get to see some Captain Boomerang movies soon. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah. Um, as far as that, I, I never saw Deadpool too, so I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no. See again, and 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 that part also, I, kind of to me felt like uh, James Gunn 
just laughing his ass off thinking, oh, here's a way for me to kind of just stick it in to the people that actually like Suicide Squad by, mm. by, by here's, here's Boomerang. He's back. Oh, ah, ah. no, he's not. And, <laughs> and the yeah. thing that killed me, though, is that I thought we all, I thought all audiences that watched the original Suicide Squad were like, wow, that's all we get of this Slipknot character? Oh, Adam Beach gets a poster for this? When mm -hmm. he was the one that, you know, got killed instantly in that film. And here he is amping that. We don't just have one character that that happens to. We have you know, a whole slew of them. And yeah. uh, some of them are ones that we actually know from the film before. So I don't know. I, I, I wasn't happy with that opening. I thought it was just like, I could see a comic book fan getting annoyed by that, but as just a, an average moviegoer looking for a good time, it definitely made me laugh. So, well, I'll say this. I mean, you know, Harley Quinn says, what the fuck? at that moment of one, you've got the people dying and then you've got TDK showing he's detachable. Uh -huh. And then, and then it turns into like three stooges there for a moment. And, but Harley says, what the fuck? And, and it just like, believe it or not, I, I was watching it with Melanie and I think she said, what the fuck right before Harley did. So, right. I mean, <laughs> it's like exactly what everybody's thinking at that moment in the movie. Totally. <laughs> well, what do you got for your next piece so I, we'll, we'll go ahead and go to another uh, comic book movie since we're on that but the 2008 Punisher Warzone uh, Lexi Alexander's film that movie was the only superhero movie that I can think of that has the the level of gore that this mm -hmm. one does um and and not only that the the scene where uh you know harley's in the the red dress she's got the two guns uh and then she's kind of like spinning around the room uh taking out uh, it, of course we've seen this in a dozen movies but it that very much reminded me of the scene uh in uh war zone where punisher uh, actually hangs from the chandelier he's got mm. the two guns and he's shooting out all of the the people around the room that movie uh you know it, it's one of those that for whatever reason didn't find its audience until yeah. after it was you know like on uh dvd and it kind of has uh it's it's fans uh it's kind of got like a cult following that that it love the war zone i i i think it's a good it's a good movie as far as punisher he's not a big uh, character that i'm big on but uh mm -hmm. it, it, this one kind of took that gore level that it did and then put it in with this other cartoony and you know uh other aspects that yeah, james gunn yeah. brings but no yeah i i uh instantly thought of that one especially that scene yeah, I don't know if I would have liked this movie as much if it wasn't as gory as it was. Like that that's definitely one of the main draws to to see a superhero movie go like hard R violent gory like over the top. And I mean James Gunn is kind of the guy for that with his trauma background and everything. And uh I, I thought there were some really inventive gore moments in this, which uh it was it was a lot of fun, at least at least from that angle. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely there were there were some uh some some really 
uh, neat things that happened. And uh, it was like right off the bat, you had the like boomerangs. His boomerang slices the guy's head like yeah, half yeah. off. And uh, yeah, no, it kind of just goes up from there, really. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll go to my next piece. Uh, speaking of movies that didn't really find their audience, uh, I'm going to go with 2018's Overlord. A uh, movie we all thought might nice. have ended up being a Cloverfield, but didn't. Um, director Julius Avery. I'm sure, you know, I don't know if it's on your list, but, you know, I'm sure a lot of people might might say Saving Private Ryan. But uh, I, I went with Overlord for people getting dropped in during a, during a war mission and things just going from bad to worse to worse. And in both Overlord and uh, the Suicide Squad's cases, eventually getting into the enemy base and finding out there's horrific human experiments going on inside and people basically being turned into zombies inside. And uh, just all, all of that gore and, and zombie horror and weird, crazy scientist horror going on inside. And uh, both very fun as, you know, our heroes have to basically kill anything that moves on their way out of, of the base as things continue to go to shit as they're, as they're escaping. Yeah, no, that, that movie's a lot of fun. Uh, it's, it's definitely a good piece to mention here. Yeah, um, what, I, what I like about that one more is the, 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 the darker side of it. That's what I, James Gunn, his movies are dark, but in like bright kind of way. Uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I, I guess I'm not a fan of that. I, it's I like love candy-coated gore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, yeah, it, which I, I think is kind of uh, more of like, I guess video game-ish in a way um mm -hmm. or i don't know it, it's it's hard to put my finger on what 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 it is exactly and what his whole aesthetic is but uh yeah no o overlord with with all the 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 mad scientist type stuff mm -hmm. and the military side of it the not knowing what it is it, it's a it's a perfect piece here awesome what do you got next okay so for my next one i'm going to go with an Albert Pune movie, nice. uh, his his best movie in my opinion, my favorite movie uh, of his, the 1992 Nemesis. Mm. The big thing that instantly made me think of Nemesis was the the scene where we got Bloodsport, um, and he's dropping floor to floor. Uh, of course, this is uh, something that's been done. Uh, I, I think Nemesis was the first to do it, and I know it's been done over and over and over since then. We, you know, in Nemesis, he's in he's in like this hotel room. Uh, these people are after him. He's got two guns. He shoots his shoots out the floor. He drops to the next floor, and then he shoots out that floor. Drops to the next floor. And of course, uh, Underworld they did it. I haven't seen them, but I believe Matrix they do it. Here again, it's kind of like a spoof version of that. It's sure. not intentional that he's dropping from one floor to the next. It's that the building is falling down. <laughs> and yes. the, it, it happens to be just luck that he's still alive. That I think in a way, every action sequence in this movie is just luck that we're still alive. <laughs> right, I mean, it's right. all just ridiculous. Very, very, very good point. Uh, so then, <laughs> you know, it just drops and drops and drops. Yeah, it totally reminded me of Nemesis. And then... I actually went back and rewatched Nemesis, and Nemesis still holds up really well, except for the 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 final final scenes of it that has like some stop motion or or something with this like Terminator r robot thing that 
some of those are a little questionable. But mm-hmm. um, in 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 that movie also, you've you've got our our main character who he's you know he's a questionable kind of character. Uh, he, he's kind of a good guy, kind of not. They put a um a bomb in his heart and if he doesn't do what they want him to do then they're gonna you know blow him up and he his mission is he has to get this data uh and so there's just like several parallels there uh with this one at the same time yeah it sounds like there's a bunch of different things there that all kind of connect and i've never actually seen nemesis but um if i ever do a um you know like a 80s uh, action movie, little marathon that would definitely be on the list. Yeah, Nem- Nemesis is, is is great, and uh, like at the time, uh, there was just so much of uh, the the two gun stuff that we like ha- that weren't in like American movies. They, you mm-hmm. had this in Hong Kong movies and stuff. Uh, nowadays, that's incorporated into so many blockbusters. You know, the guy with two guns, and and he's sliding down this or falling down this and he's still shooting or a guy mm. does a flip and he shoots the bad guy and all these different things like that. So I'll go to my next puzzle piece here and I usually try to shy away a little bit from using the director's previous films, but I think Guardians of the Galaxy has to be a puzzle piece in this episode. This movie absolutely is James Gunn returning to the same exact thing he was doing in Guardians of the Galaxy, except for with a bunch of crazy DC characters this time instead of Marvel characters. Uh, Also, I would imagine not quite as well-known characters. I mean, I certainly had never, you know, as a not-comics guy, hadn't really heard of any of those Guardians of the Galaxy characters. I hadn't really heard of any of these ones that weren't in the first Suicide Squad and hadn't heard of them before that either. Also, just over-the-top, you know, crazy action sequences. Also heavy use of needle drops of upbeat pop punk and and classic rock and and stuff like that. Also multiple sequences of, you know, hero poses with all of the characters getting, you know, super cool shot. Uh, Also your favorite dick and fart jokes. Um, Also, (laughs) also really just everything. It's the same mold. Um, Oh, also you've got King shark is basically Groot all over again mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. there's just so many of these little parallels between what he was doing in guardians of the galaxy and what he's doing here also oh there's sean gunn also yeah yeah <laughs> oh <Absolutely>. michael Roker. <laughs> also mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no um so i mean in that regard uh that's 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 my other thing is that it's mm-hmm. almost like it's almost like james gunn's like hey this is dc so they've not seen my Marvel movie. <laughs> I can do the same thing. Yeah. Um, so that that's the other thing that kind of almost uh, makes it feel uh, spoofy in nature to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, even down to the way the, the casting, which is also very much like South Park. I remember South Park, they would cast people like George Clooney as the dog and things like that. To me, it's it's a mocking casting in a way because, oh, I got Vin Diesel and he's going to play Groot and he says one thing. And, oh, I got Sylvester Stallone and he's going to play a shark and he's going to say really stupid things. I don't know. It just seems kind of mocking to me of 
those people. Um, mm-hmm. And and you know, I, I, I'm sure in in some regards, some of that stuff like that is done in a loving way, but it's just it's done in a weird loving way if it is. So <laughs> I, I think, I think it is. I, I, you know, and I know that you and a, a lot of people like you, uh, you know, like to speak about James Gunn's like mean streak and some of his, his kind of comedy, but I do think that it's all done in a loving way here. I, I do think that it's just meant for a goofy laugh. And I feel like everyone involved is in on the joke. Like I do think Stallone is probably having a great time saying these silly things as the shark. Um, I, I, I just think everyone's just having a good time here. And, and I get that. And, and, and almost, if you think about it that way, Peacemaker is essentially James Gunn because (laughs) he just wants to bring about peace. James Gunn is just like, oh, I just want people to laugh. Yeah, um, that's it. I just want people to laugh. And to go a little further, you know, Amanda Waller is essentially Warner Brothers. Uh, <laughs> Evil fucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, Warner Brothers. If you have any swag for me to give away on the show, I get in touch. <laughs> Which, which, where, where, where I did want to say, because that's the other thing I, you know, um, I, I had read some people not happy with some of the, some of the deaths in this polka dot man is totally played for laughs with his death. Oh, I'm a superhero. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then he's dead. And for me, I mean, Rick flag dying, uh, that one. And again, it, it, it wasn't necessarily because of him and and that character in this movie, but also the carryover from the movie before, um, you know, because in my head, I'm just like, well, what about June? Uh, which June was the enchantress and she's no longer the enchantress. So that's why she wasn't here. Obviously I've, I've completely blocked that out <laughs> of my memory. So. Again, this is so. an independent, uh, <laughs> non, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's a long alternate timeline version of, uh, things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, I, I did love though, uh, Rick flags, uh, last line, which was, uh, what a joke, uh, which to me yeah. was just like, he, here, here he is. He's basically wearing a Warner Brothers shirt. It's like Bugs Bunny in a Superman outfit or something he's wearing. He gets stabbed in the heart and he says, he, of course, he's talking to Peacemaker. He says, Peacemaker, Peacemaker, what a joke. I cut that Peacemaker part off, though. He says, what a joke. To me, mm. that's capturing this whole movie. It's just sure. like, it, it, and again, that's kind of why I have a little bit of a problem with it. Is it, I don't know that this movie at all takes itself serious. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it does. And I, and I just find that a little bit refreshing. I think a lot of the people that did like this movie more than you did like find that refreshing. I think that superhero movies have gotten so serious and so just like, you know, they're, they're expected to set up all this other stuff and it just, it's just a fun movie basically. And, and, and see, and I can appreciate that and I probably will appreciate it more with time Mm -hmm. because I, I'm going to bring up one that when it came out, I really didn't enjoy and I just rewatched it and, uh, I enjoyed a lot more here 11 years after. And that's Robert Rodriguez's machete. Sure. (laughs) I remember that movie came out because it was not at all what I expected. Um, you know, I, I knew it was going to be, uh, you know, a fun movie, but I thought it was going to be 
more grounded and 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 realistic than it was and it and it came off as very just oddball silliness and you know it's it's, it's almost like uh, he, you've got these guys that are intentionally trying to do what some filmmakers do because they have no money and here they've got limitless amounts of money and can put whoever they want in their movie that's actually a really good point alone as a shark and and they're intentionally trying to do what another filmmaker would do because they don't have money and and so it's almost like there's a there's a bit of a disconnect with why are they doing it i guess uh and 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 i guess i i get kind of worked up into that of well it's it's just for fun and i'm just i don't know i i Maybe I think to think about it too much, but no machete because you know here you, you and again you've got a, a a a basically a superhero who you know is very non-conventional and he's almost of that same line of thinking of of it doesn't matter how many people die in order to keep the peace you know sure uh, <laughs> he's kind of from that school um the the thing though about machete is and i, I keep saying it in different ways because i, I, know I, don't <laughs> yeah, I noticed that <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing about that movie is is that at least it really it it, it, it more so revels in the exploitation of what it is okay so james gunn kind of plays in that same uh sandbox but you know he he always leaves out the the sexuality the nudity and of course uh, machete did not at all i mean you've got sure. <laughs> machete having a, a threesome with Lindsay lohan and her character's mother in the film so <laughs> i think that it almost feels like james gunn kind of uh restrains himself and, I think and there was I, one dick in this. That that was about it, it though. Oh yeah, Weasel. Weasel, right? Yeah. There you go. So <laughs> that's it. That's all we get of sexuality. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. I, I guess I expected it more be more along the lines of the, you know, El Mariachi films. And then Expe- expectations can be a dangerous thing sometimes. No, I, I I know this. They really can. Um yeah. and and that's why with this movie, I, uh, you know, the Suicide Squad, I went in with, you know, zero expectations and I actually yeah. enjoyed it. And I think I'll enjoy it more as years goes by. So the rest of my pieces kind of zero in on, on specific uh, characters or specific aspects of, of the movie, not so much the re- like the whole of the movie itself. But the first one I'll bring up is uh, Independence Day. Um, specifically because of Bloodshot's relationship with the daughter, which I think is probably, of everything in this movie, the least developed part of the movie. But, you know, she does see her dad on TV uh, being a hero, and it kind of is a little bit of a Band-Aid on their strained relationship, very much like Randy Quaid in Independence Day uh, with his son. Uh, So just that one little thread there, I just thought of that, that connection kind of unnecessary and i feel like they almost have a little bit more development with bloodshot 
accepting the rat at the ends um, is almost more of a developed relationship than he actually has with his daughter. But, you know, at least it's something. At least uh, they're kind of going for that a little bit. Wait, 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 wait. You're throwing me off. It's uh-huh. Bloodsport, right? You is said it Bloodsport blood or Bloodshot? <laughs> What the hell's his name? I don't know what his name is. I don't. I don't know that. I didn't know this character, so I. I'm. I think I've called him both things too. But it, it's Bloodsport. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Bloodsport. Will because, Smith was dead shot. Right. 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 And and that's the thing is that that again though. See, if you remember, Deadshot and his and his daughter. I felt like that that was a little bit developed a little bit more. So again, this almost is like a spoof of that. Uh, there's so many <laughs> things. Yeah. Uh, but since you brought that up, the, the blood sport, him and his daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also this goes on to him in Peacemaker. The scene where he's talking to his daughter, and, and I'll admit there's some things about it that are funny. Uh, him screaming at his daughter about... Uh, who who needs a watch that you can watch TV on? I agree. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, but yeah. but the the fact that it breaks down into the whole fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, which <laughs> is is so straight from uh, Jody Hill's observant report. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, I I honestly felt some through Bloodsport in his interaction. Uh, with the daughter and then also the interactions with peacemaker later on when they're trying to one up each other and they're flipping each other off and that sort of thing, his interactions with those two very much to me felt a lot like Jody Hill, a lot like, uh, observing report, uh, specifically. Um, it's almost like this guy is uh that Seth Rogen character from <laughs> Observer Report, but yeah. he's 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 actually a badass. You yeah. know <laughs> he's not just some delusional do nothing. Um sure. it, it, it's just weird because this character to me and again maybe it's just because I'm comparing it to Suicide Squad. He should be the more grounded one because Will Smith was the the more grounded, the one who kind of figures out how they're being played. The one that mm-hmm. kind of is, you know, level-headed and kind of keeps things together. And, and this, you don't have that. The blood sport guy, he is as off the rails as Harley is. I mean, <laughs> he is, uh, he, like I said, his interactions with everyone, even the people that he loves, like his daughter, are like straight out of observing reports. I could see that. I do think he is more grounded than the others. It's just this is a much more heightened movie in, in a way, and maybe that's that spoofness that you uh, that you talk about. But it being so heightened, he kind of can't be totally grounded, and so he's still the leader, I'd say, uh, of the team. In, in a way, and he still has a little bit to the way he carries himself. Right. All right, so I'll, I'll go to another piece here. Like I said, another another small one. I have no idea what came first, Ratcatcher or Willard, but uh, oh, I was going to go with yeah. Willard. Yeah. So yeah. as a non-comics guy, I have no idea. I mean, I, I've actually never seen the 1971 original. I've seen the 2003 one with Crispin Glover, oh. but... Yeah, ah. I know. I know. I need to watch the original, but you know, a, a character that can you know 
control rats and brings in these big swarms of CGI rats. Uh, it felt kind of similar. A lot, a lot of the same style. I love Rat Catcher. Mm-hmm. The, the whole thing with the rats uh, is my very favorite thing uh, about the movie. The fact that the rats are, you know, they, they are what saves the day. And I mm-hmm. love that character. Again, uh, she's, she's one that um, she brings innocence. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that was very, very much uh, needed. She's like a, you know, a, a, a good person. She brings the good and, and the innocence and she basically spreads that uh, through the team. And also that quality is what really helped, I think, I guess ground this movie in a way. Like I say, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't really grounded by anyone. And, and I guess she really kind of is the one that kind of grounds it. Um, yeah. The fact that also uh, Bloodsport tells her that, you know, he's going to get her out of here alive. And she's like, you know, no, I'm going to get you out of here alive. I love yeah. that bit too. You'll be happy to know. I read an interview with James Gunn and in the original script, she was going to die. And he was just like, I just can't do that to her. She is too good of a character and I just can't let that happen. Oh yeah. No, that I would have, I would have been so mad at this movie. Yeah. Well, first off, I, I said going in, if, if he, he kills Harley, I'm done. But, oh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think they can kill Harley. I mean, she is just, she's so damn good in this movie and, uh, they, now I'm ready for more of, of that character. I mean, I, I already was, I've always been down for more of that character, even after the first suicide squad. But I mean, She's so great in this. She's so oh, much fun to watch. She she really is. She really shines. I think that uh, the great thing about Harley is that he has kept the progression of her character. That was one of the things that I was worried of. Uh, somebody else coming in, trying to just kind of start things over. No, because if you look at her from Suicide Squad and then Birds of Prey and then to this, and you can see the progression of her uh, personality and also, you know, just uh, her confidence and Mm -hmm. her abilities. And uh, the scene, my absolute favorite part of the movie is when we see her chained up and she's singing. And then that kicks off that whole part of her escape. Oh yeah. So good. That is absolutely my favorite part. And, and it pulls in elements from the first suicide squad because she has to do the little, gymnastics move to to get out of the chains and then also she she has the using the environment uh like Mm -hmm. she did in birds of prey with the with the the bars and such but uh no i mean that 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 was the best part for me was that whole and also seeing it from her point of view yeah some of that magical realism and all yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. I, i i absolutely love that yeah big problem here i think with the film overall is that is the whole point of view because that's the thing with birds of prey is that it was all from her point of view so anything that was wacky anything that was off it made sense because we're kind of seeing it from how she sees the world mm-hmm. whereas this one we do get that moment where we're seeing it from her 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 side but other than that moment there Whose whose view of the world are we seeing? We're seeing James Gunn, so we're in his head. So yeah. it's kind of 
that's why it doesn't make sense and everything, anything and everything can just be out of nowhere. Like, that's because, the, like we've already kind of said, this movie is just entertainment. It's entertainment for entertainment's sake. And right. there, there is no actual point of view. <laughs> so, And I, I agree with you. And that's why, like, you know, when I went into this movie, I saw a lot of, I, I saw it a few days after it opened, and I saw a lot of critics already giving it like four and a half and five star reviews. And I'm just like, what is happening here? Like, this is not a four and a half or five star movie. I really liked it. And I, you know, I gave it three and a half on my letterbox, but, um, I, I thought about giving it four, but the reason I, I pulled back a little bit is because of that. I mean, this movie definitely is just fluff basically, but to me, it was a lot of fun though. No, definitely. It, and I was going to point out that scene too. I love though, the fact that, you know, it ends with her, getting into a taxi and she puts the you know the javelin in the taxi out the window which is like some total like tarantino type thing you know like yeah, sure. like what universe are you going to get into a taxi and just stick the javelin out the window of the car i mean yeah. the dc extended universe <laughs> and the taxi driver's not going to say anything he's just like oh where to <laughs> <laughs> well what do you got for your next piece well, I was just talking about how, you know, this is uh, like machete of doing what, you know, filmmakers with no money do and trying to be like that when they've got all this money. Uh, so go to the 2005 movie, Die You Zombie Bastards. Uh, <laughs> this is from uh, Caleb Emerson, which uh, he, he's also uh, from the uh, like trauma school of uh, filmmaking. This came out on um, DVD back in uh, 2007. It's a, it's a movie that is totally just silliness and nonsense. Uh, and it, 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 it is from the get go, but it's very much a, a superhero movie in one sense and not in another. Mm. Uh, it, it's about these, uh, this, these two cannibals uh, that are married uh, she gives him a Halloween present of a superhero outfit that uh, comes with a belt made of human skin and a uh, cape made of human skin. And nice. <laughs> then she gets kidnapped by the the mastermind villain who wants to marry her. And the villain is basically turning people into zombies. Uh, when he does this, he can control them. And, you know, you've got this cannibal going to save his wife and he ends up doing that. And then at the same time, he ends up saving the world. And of course, afterwards, he goes to jail because he is a cannibal serial killer, even though he just mm. saved the world. So <laughs> he's got those whole uh, elements of, you know, not so good uh, person being the hero, uh, the the crazy and wacky silliness of this uh, villain. And it's got so much just uh, gore and goofiness in anything and everything. And again, it, it pushes the, the, the nudity, it pushes the, you know, the, the, the dick jokes. It, 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 I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's a, it's a really, really outlandish and uh, fun movie. It sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> I've never seen it, but uh, I kind of want to watch it now. I, I'll tell you this. They, they, he did some sort of like uh thing in, I think 2016 that he mm -hmm. wanted an HD version of it. I guess it wasn't a, 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 a good, cause I think he shot this on some sort of film. Um, mm -hmm. He, he wanted it cleaned up and I guess he did like a, kickstarter and you can actually find this on uh vimeo 
So you can okay. watch uh, Daiyu Zombie Bastards on his Vimeo, uh, and it's just up there because uh, I think he did like a Kickstarter thing to to redo it, and then he's just kind of put it out there, and anybody can watch it. Because I went back yeah. and rewatched it. Because yeah, just the the silliness mainly of like the the way the thinker looks and the way the the starfish. I'm just like mm-hmm. what <laughs> that silliness of being um you know a a high stakes movie uh, in this weird comic book kind of world i i was just like trying to think of what kind of off movies would do that and yeah i kept thinking of uh the the earnest tv show uh hey Vern, it's earnest uh wow. the saturday morning <laughs> now that is a pull <laughs> I, I kept thinking of Dr. Otto. I don't know if you remember Dr. Otto. I know I watched it when I was a kid, but I don't really remember very Do- well. Dr. Otto was his character where he has like this hand coming out of his head uh, <laughs> that's like constantly like moving as he talks and such. And there was actually a Dr. Otto movie. Uh, I didn't even know that. But I, in my thinking, wow. I was again looking up Ernest. And so then... Um, I, I stumbled across the, the, the Dr. Otto movie. So of course I had to watch it. Dr. Otto and the riddle of the gloom beam. Uh, and, and, uh, in that movie, Dr. Otto is trying to basically take over the world by, uh, crashing the economy. Uh, and of course this is, I think early nineties, this movie, uh, it was actually, I think the, I guess the first earnest movie 85. Yeah. yeah. I just looked it up. Wow. Yeah. I'd never yeah. heard of this. I hadn't either, but no, it's wow. actually, it's actually good. It's actually fun. But, uh, just the, the, the silliness of it, of the villain, of course, uh, he has this, a, a coffin change machine and he can go into, and he changes his, his looks that Dr. Otto does. And of course, this is where all the other earnest characters come in including Ernest who only shows up like at the very end again I think this is probably the the first uh, Ernest movie um it's it's darker than a, a lot of the other Ernest stuff like I mean there's like you know suicide jokes and 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 things like that so it's it's kind of like that's the other thing it's 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 not really appropriate for kids but it seems like it's a kids movie which is very right, much right. what this is Sure, sure, absolutely. I, you know, I, I really want to watch that, but um, I, I was gonna go out with Ghostbusters because you know, like we're just you were just talking about the uh, the the starfish creature, Starro the Conqueror, I and mean, it kind of reminded me of Stay Puft Marshmallow Man a little bit. Yeah. But instead, you know what? It's my podcast. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna bring up Evil Dead too. Uh, I, <laughs> I did mention it on the trailer episode already, but uh, for anyone who doesn't listen to the trailer episodes, I mean, the idea of doing a movie that is both a sequel and kind of a redo at the same mm-hmm. time is a hundred percent Evil Dead too. Right. It, it you know it redoes some of what works about the first one and then goes on its own story from there. And of course, James Gunn is an evil dead guy i mean how can he not be so i i think that that has to be uh part of the puzzle pieces list here well I, and, and and i will agree with you there i actually wrote down army of darkness uh for uh-huh. the, specifically the tdk scene <laughs> sure sure absolutely but i mean you're really i mean the three stooges is kind of a, a sam raimi thing anyway I, it's probably oh, yeah. lots of that in uh the second one as well but uh definitely 
Definitely, I always think of Army of Darkness, and of course, Army of Darkness is a movie that I'll have to rewatch it. I haven't watched it in years. I just, I don't know. I. <laughs> I'm Didn't finding more and more lately that people don't like that movie as much as I thought. Like, I thought I wasn't as kind of alone in that. I mean, it's obviously got its fans, but it seems like a lot of movie guys don't seem to like that as much as, like, the original Evil Dead. Yeah, well, Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 are just so good in so different ways that it's mm-hmm. just, like, then that one is just... And, and you know, and that's the thing is I love, like, the whole, like... uh Ray Harryhausen skeletons and such. So I mean, there's there's aspects of it that I that I do think is really cool, but mm-hmm. it, just the silliness of it uh, sometimes. Uh... Which speaking of which, uh, I, I hadn't even thought about mentioning this, but uh, talk about the word spoof. Evil Dead Two is basically a spoof of of the first one and of you know Cabin right. in the Woods horror right. movies. So and, and then and then Army of Darkness is basically a spoof of, of Harry Housen and and <laughs> and you know King Arthur movies and things of that All nature. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Well, well yeah, dude, I mean so that's the thing. I mean spoof is not necessarily a bad thing. Um yes. I mean I, I I think and and maybe there's a different word between spoof uh, and 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 meta is not the right word either. Uh, mm. There's something though that's kind of an in between to where um, I don't know what's the best way to say it though. Yeah. But De- Devil's Rejects is what I was thinking of as far as the sequel. That's not a sequel. That's a reboot. That sure, uh, sure. And then also Devil's Rejects, you got you know the, your main characters are you know they're bad people but they're the hero of the movie and basically you know everybody uh ends up dying at the end yeah or do they (laughs) (laughs) well i i think that's a good place to wrap up the puzzle pieces um we'll we'll do the finished puzzle here and get into uh some closing thoughts we talked about trauma's war team america world police the boys Deadpool 2, Punisher Warzone, Overlord, Nemesis, Guardians of the Galaxy, Machete, Independence Day, Observe and Report, Willard, Die You Zombie Bastards, Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam, which I need to watch, uh, Ghostbusters, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, and The Devil's Rejects. Chad, are there any closing thoughts that you wanted to uh, get into before we wrap this thing up? I held off on doing this because I didn't want to make you mad, but... uh... (laughs) This is basically Space Jam, A New Legacy. I mean, oh, it, 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 it really is. Uh, <laughs> I think it oh, should God. be called Suicide Squad, A New Legacy. I, I'm going to say this. I enjoyed Space Jam. I enjoyed this movie. They're both fun movies, okay? Uh, but you've got movies about control, mm-hmm. and you've got a, this... Uh, they're, they're both about uh, groups having to learn to come together uh, to save the day, and you know the 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 lesson at the end is you know family, uh, friends, uh, you know those things are important. That just being uh, all about uh, one thing or or all about yourself isn't necessarily the way. So uh, you've also just got all of this wackiness that's in there as well. So I mean, you've also got kid. They're they're both essentially kids movies for grown kids uh mm. because you ain't gonna tell me that no 10 year old kid knows half of the references of space jam uh <laughs> and a 10 year old kid should not be watching 
the Suicide Squad, but I'm sure if they did, mm. they would absolutely love it. It's going to be their favorite movie ever. <laughs> well, I can't say that I exactly agree with your uh, closing thought there, but uh, that's your closing thought, and you're allowed to have it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll just I'll just leave it with uh, I'm I'm surprised how much I like this after hating the original Suicide Squad, and I I would love to see more of this universe, and I I know that it didn't work quite as much for you, but I mean if we focused in on Harley Quinn, if we you know focused in on some of what works the best here, which is kind of what James Gunn did, focusing in on what worked the best in the first Suicide Squad, but then making it his own thing. I think that there is room for this to continue to grow from here, but, you know, it, it is what it is. It's kind of, we have no idea what the future of big budget movies are going to be uh, at this point. This movie will not make back its money for a long time, and I, I don't think that fares very well for anything, really. Right. Uh, I, I, I was, I was going to say that uh, I, I was going to bring up Disney in general, I think that there is a lot of Disney that runs through this, uh, specifically uh, Harley, Harley Quinn basically, uh, you know, is, is turned into a princess. She yeah. even says that uh, you've got the Snow White elements of her with the birds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, you've got Cinderella elements because uh, Sebastian the rat, he, he's kind of like Gus Gus. Uh, mm. you've also got, they, they do it a couple of times where they're, I don't know, uh, tons of movies have done this, but where they're, where they're running and the, as they run, the floor is like falling away from them. There's a couple of times that that's done. And sure. I, I just remember that in like Alice in Wonderland and also Pirates of the Caribbean. And sure. I, you know, they've done that in hundreds and hundreds of movies, but I just think that Disney, it, so there, there really is like this kid element that kind of goes through the movie, but then at the same time, there's that that dark oh let's open with uh you know a guy in prison and he kills a bird and then let's yeah. go let's set a bunch of other birds on fire and lots of just extreme violence and two people getting a shotgun blown through halves of them and and, let, and let's and let's have weasel drown because he doesn't know how to swim as a joke uh-huh. <laughs> which i laughed out loud at so of course yeah, that, that, that worked course that worked for did. me <laughs> Well, Chad, is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Uh, you know, I should have, I should have, uh, I, I wrote down all kinds of stuff. Of course, I didn't write this down. Well, you know, I think if you want, we could just make Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam your, your recommendation <laughs> for this episode, because you know, uh, I'm going to take that recommendation. I'm watching it. Uh, well, you know what? That, that, that's fine. You, you, you know what? We, we could also uh, just throw in the, the Lego uh, Ninjago movie, because that was oh, one okay. that I had written down. Specifically with it was the, uh, the cat serves as like this giant Godzilla monster uh, destroying cities and, and oh, just the yeah, stuff with yeah. Star Starro reminded me of that. So yeah. Uh, yeah, we could just make Ninjago and Dr. Otto on the Riddle of the Gloom Bean. Go watch those. Uh, nice. Dr. Otto's on uh, Tubi. So. Perfect. Anything you want to plug real quick? Oh, nope, not at all. I am good. Just uh, keep watching movies. You know, people are welcome to follow me on Twitter or Letterboxd, and they should join the Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces uh, group on uh, Facebook, um, which yes. uh, somebody the other day had, had shortened it to 
P and PP, and <laughs> I I took it to mean something else because we're talking about James Gunn, P and oh. PP. Yeah, no, the, the James Gunn, he's totally all about the P and PP. But yeah, the group P and PP, join it. Yes, join it. I, I'm gonna make <laughs> I'm gonna make that the uh, the Bitly link, Bitly <laughs> slash P and PP. <laughs> Are you obsessed with movies? Come on down to sunny tropical Akron, Ohio to Binge Movies, the only video store in the world secretly owned and up. Our courteous and polite staff are joined by film critics and podcasters from around the world to review, rank, and eliminate all but those movies most worthy of preservation for all time even beyond the end times, and most worthy of your time. Our staff also has perfectly curated shelves just to make your entertainment choices that much easier. So come on down to Binge Movies, available on all of your favorite podcast apps. We've got the hits. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about the Suicide Squad. Thanks, as always, to Chad Clinton Freeman for joining us. I always have fun talking with Chad about movies. Uh, if you enjoy what we do here on Piecing It Together, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, you can rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. We really appreciate all those five-star ratings and the nice reviews. I do love getting feedback on the show, so get in touch. Let us know what you think. Leave that review or just, you know, message me. You could DM me on Twitter at PiecingPod or join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, and get in touch there. Let us know what puzzle pieces we missed, what puzzle pieces you found particularly interesting, what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, you know, all, all of the above. I just love hearing from you guys, so get in touch. Uh, and, you know, check out that Patreon produced by David Rosen. Lots of great content over there. I got a bunch of music stuff coming soon, so check that out. So, let's wrap this thing up with a piece of music like I always do. I want to go with something that's kind of crazy, like the Suicide Squad. Um, I'm going to go with something from my upcoming new soundtrack album, The Dissection Table, which I've kind of teased a little here and there. Uh, it's coming October 1st, if all goes well. And this is the score of a feature horror film that I scored like eight years ago or something like that. And as is sometimes the case with making independent films, it's just sitting there waiting to finish post-production, you know, Things need to happen, wheels need to turn, you know, certain kinds of people need to get hired to finish the little ins and outs and all that stuff. I don't know when you're going to get to see this film, but what I do know is that I've been given the go-ahead to finally release the soundtrack as an album, and it is coming October 1st. The album's called The Dissection Table, and I'm going to play a track from that album. Uh, this is a track, one of the last tracks on the album it actually uh plays heading into the credits at the end of the movie uh the track's called the end of this dream hope you enjoy the music uh we will be back with more piecing it together coming up real soon <laughs>
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.